black black James D. Fiore, and this is Black Ball. So we have a special show tonight. Um, I want to start off just by stressing how rare it is that we are going to be doing a show that features the content that we're featuring. You you know by now, if you've ever watched the show that we or listened, that we uh, extensively cover um, the stories of ex-members of the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church. Um, tied into that are stories of abuse, are stories of, uh, uh, by following something that they call the doctrine of separation, a uh, story of heinous behavior that amplifies the separation of families uh, that are forced to make choices between their faith, which has been weaponized by this group, and their, their, their actual family members. And more times than not, they will choose the church over their family members. And tied into all of this is the network of companies that are owned by the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church, uh, known as the UBT. And uh, tied into that are the suspicious ways in in which they make money, uh, especially as it pertains to government contracts, and most especially as it pertains to COVID in the securing of PPE contracts, often by companies who have never dealt with anything that's related to PPE. But behind all that, the wizard behind the curtain is a man named Bruce Hales. Bruce Hales is the leader of this cult. He is also a person that the followers of this cult believe has a direct line to Jesus himself, um, which is pretty awesome. I don't know if he... Uh, uh, I, I, sometimes I'd like to know how much uh, leaders actually believe in their own shit. I suspect he believes none of it. But what we have today is something that um, I believe is a first uh, worldwide, which is we have the voice of Bruce Hales himself pleading and can, trying to convince and basically grifting his, uh, his followers um, to the tune of a half billion dollars. The, the solicit... Um, the, sorry, he's soliciting donations and, and asking people to really reach down um, like, they're, like they're not giving enough by giving him their lives and, and a lot of their money as it is. And here to help me with this exclusive are two ex-members of the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church, Cheryl Hope and Richard Marsh. Guys, how are you? Good. Yeah, Ready I'm to do good. this. Yeah. Did did I over uh, Richard? Let me let me just ask you a quick question off the bat. Did I overstate what we are about to do today on this show? Yeah, you understated it. No, this yeah. Is, yeah, this is really unprecedented. This guy has been underground for for thirty years. Um, he's never been seen in public except for one bizarre single kind of choreographed appearance uh, at a at a charity barbecue of all bizarre things um he travels in a blacked out 
limousine with security Range Rovers front and back. Um, and when he arrives at a, at a meeting hall, Brethren Church building, um, they, have a, they hire a large marquee, which they put over the door, large enough for his limousine to drive right into. So the kind of presidential convoy will sweep through the gates. Uh, his limo will drive right inside the marquee. They'll then seal it shut. And then he gets out inside the tent and enters the meeting hall. And then the whole process in reverse when he comes out, which apparently is not just that he's publicity shy, but it's anti-sniper precautions. Yeah. So he literally is never seen in public. You won't find him in any of the celebrity magazines on the beach with his girlfriend, which is probably a good thing. Um, but yes, and, and even his voice is, is a mystery to the world at large. It's only heard by the faithful right until this day. And they actually have, like, they actually have the members of the congregation watch rooftops for snipers when mm. they are doing this exchange going in and out. Yeah. Yeah. How much of that do you think is theater? Oh, no, oh a I'm, lot sure. Of it, yeah. I'm sure it all is to make the hype about how big he is. And, you know, this yeah. is the man of God that's coming to whatever church he's going to, right? Oh, yeah, a lot of it's dramatic theater. Yeah, and, and it's also theater to make people that they call opposers, like Sharon and myself, people who speak out against the cult, to make us look even more evil. Because, you know, as far as his followers are concerned, Gosh, those are poly wicked because our poor dear leader has to protect himself against snipers, you know? Um, yeah. It, you know, I'm pretty sure Jesus would person. take, yeah. I'm pretty sure Jesus, if he was came to the earth, would, would probably handle his public appearances in the same way, right? Like SUVs. <laughs> you know. Right? He didn't, it didn't last time he came, but um, you can speculate whether things have changed in the interim. I would think things were considerably more dangerous for him. I mean, it didn't end well, did it? No, it didn't. And he kind of like, he was like, oh, you're going to nail me to a cross? All right, Judas, don't worry about it, brother. It's all for a big plan. We're, we're good. Let's go, you know, and, and, and I'll get nailed to a cross. Like, he was brave about it. And and, and yeah. Bruce seems to be kind of coward. A coward. Yeah, a coward. Absolute coward. Yeah. So, uh, Richard, set this up. Um, you were really excited when, um, when this kind of uh, landed in, in our laps and and you you sort of gave me a rundown of um what we are about to hear today so i i want to preface this by saying you know because because today what happened is i i i was going to intro the show with like i was going to see if i could find a jim jones clip and for those who don't know jim jones is a cult leader um uh famous that's where drinking the kool-aid comes from uh you know he got all his followers to drink kool-aid uh, uh laced with cyanide and there was like a mass suicide uh, because I think the FBI were like closing into the location or something like that. Anyways, he was considered to be a really compelling speaker. Um, Bruce Hales, not so much. So I, I scrapped the idea of trying to intro this with another cult leader uh, because frankly, Jim Jones uh, can speak circles around Bruce Hales. So I, I, I'm prefacing that because while this is a worldwide exclusive, no one's ever kind of done this before. You're not going to hear a compelling, charismatic speaker. What you're going to hear, though, is somebody who's worth about a billion dollars. At least collectively, his family is worth over a billion dollars for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, um, and that's not enough for these 
pigs at the trough because apparently they would like to find a way through the um, auspices of an endowment fund are trying to convince their, uh, his followers, he's trying to convince his followers to give even more so that he can accomplish his uh, alleged goal of raising a half a billion dollars for for this endowment fund can you expand on on that and sort of explain what we're about to hear today uh yeah well um cheryl actually we got got the um got the first um information which was that there was a fundraiser uh, a global plymouth brethren christian church fundraiser upcoming um, that seemed to be particularly significant. And the thing that was striking about the invitation to this fundraiser is that it was a it was a Zoom fundraiser. In other words, it's, you know, the Brethren all have cult-supplied um, kind of large-screen Zoom systems, like a television plus camera, but one that doesn't do regular TV channels. It's just used for, you know, Brethren meetings and communications. Um, so they got the notification they were to attend on the Zoom screen with the camera turned on, you know, so the broadcaster could see them, that it was going to be a fundraiser and that they should attend, and this was a really, really creepy and weird thing, that they should attend in church attire, church clothing. Uh, and brethren have quite strict clothing rules for church attendance. Um, you know, you can't wear T-shirts, you have to wear a proper button-up shirt and you have to wear dress pants and you have to have your shoes polished and the sisters, as they call them, have to, you know, have very decent and covered up dress and long skirt. Um, and uh, church, church and, and, and also they would sit in, in church formation, which means that the males all sit in the front row and the females have to sit on a back row so in their own houses in their own living rooms they have to set up you know two rows of chairs one for the men and one for the women um now this is very bizarre because yes that's what they do for their church meetings but it's not the kind of thing you do for a, a fundraiser anyway the um after this fundraiser took place a 30-minute video presentation we found out why the church attire was required, and that is because it contained the fundraiser contained at the beginning and end two audio clips of Bruce D. Hales. And Bruce D. Hales, um, I mean, James says he has a direct line to Jesus. That's an understatement. The man is Jesus to his followers. Yes. He is the manifestation of God on earth. Every word he speaks it's it's coming from the mouth of jesus uh, and such is their awe and reverence for this rather chubby australian businessman that even if you're listening to an audio clip of him you have to be properly dressed and you have to be sitting in proper church formation and the women have to sit on the back row because otherwise that would be disrespectful um so anyway we by by devious means, um, and thanks is owed to persons unnamed, um, obtained the audio of this fundraising presentation, and that is even more shocking. Um, yeah. Cheryl, uh, tell me how significant this is, what we're about to hear tonight. You know what? 
just I got to find words to put. But I, I noticed, you're, like, I noticed like, you're wearing lipstick tonight. I feel like you're like celebratory. Almost. This is a big deal. This is this cute. Is a big deal. So, and I like I don't want to come off as um, oh I don't like I don't want to pressure people. But if after you hear this and you're not fired up to do something, like I don't know what else. This is for me. This was I thought I had my gloves off before. Not now. My gloves are really off and we have to deal with this shit now. We, you go back to this, this um, description you give of Jim Jones and what a great speaker he is and Mr. Hales isn't, which actually makes us even more sad that this fat ass dude can sit and literally brainwash 55,000 people with how he talks. It's for me... I, this gets me more fired up to help my family inside. And you know what? This system isn't a system that's broken. This system is doing exactly what Bruce Hales has intended. He has got 55,000 slaves underneath a temple to do whatever he fucking wants. And yeah. I, for me, I am pleading with every ex-member that is out there, that has been on the sideline, that have been underneath the curtain, been a, kind of in the background, you can't. You cannot turn your back on this. You can't. Your family's in there. They don't have a voice. They have no clue what they're about to do. This is super, super pertinent to what we are doing tonight. And everybody needs to listen and really realize what we're up against. Because you know what? The Kool-Aid is next. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to start by playing the first clip. I'm going to also post... Uh, sorry. I'm, I'm going to place the, uh, the, the transcript of what we're listening to on the screen as well. Um, so for people that are listening, just just you know try your best to sort of follow along. It, it's it's easy to understand, but but we're gonna have to sort of break it down a little bit and 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 parcel out some of the key information bits uh, when we're done listening to the clip. But I'm gonna play it right now, and then uh, and when we come back, we'll we'll unpack it. And and, and it, this is gonna be mostly Cheryl and Richard unpacking it because um, as ex members, um, and I think we've emphasized it already, but we're gonna continuously emphasize it throughout the show. As ex-members, listening to the leader, Bruce Hales, talk like this, uh, especially for public consumption like we're doing tonight, is completely unheard of. It's a first. So um, I'm really mostly interested in what you guys have to say about this. But I'm going to play the first clip now, and uh, we'll see you on the flip side. <laughs> Neville uh, mentioned the endowment fund idea. I think it's worthwhile just going back a little but in time, back to those early 90s. And um, <clears throat> we've already gone over the way uh, Janice Edge introduced it. It was very interesting. I'm sure everybody knows this, but there was Ethel Green and her brother Steve, John Anson himself. And I'm pretty sure it was in the first vacation of the school year at MAT in 94. We decided to have a bit of a meeting. The meeting was, well, look, we paid for the buildings. That's all debt free. How are we going to keep going? Well, what are we going to do to uh, raise money for the uh, for the expenses? We had two staff, but we knew we had to get more, and we were running it honestly, very lean, extremely lean. And the two things he said were. 
that I clearly recall was, put the school into business and start an endowment fund. Well, he must have had a vision. We obviously had a vision, but he also understood that we paid for the capital expense and we'd done a lot of, there was a lot of gifting, a lot of generosity, and it wasn't a problem at all. But he could see that the ongoing long-term sustainability, and I suppose he was looking ahead 25 years, but it's 23 years now, isn't it? So at least he was looking ahead at least 25 years, probably 30 years. Because of your generous donations, we are building our future. Let's just like forget about the fact that that creepy thing at the end happened. Um, now, what is he talking about there, Richard? Yeah, what he's talking about, he, he refers to the way JSH set it on. Um, JSH, that's John S. Hales, that's his father. And typically, he always refers back to his father uh, to give credibility to everything he, he puts out. Now, I suspect that his father never made any such reference to an endowment fund but it's just kind of his way of um making out that this is an idea that's that dates back to his father's reign and he's he's picking up on it um he's talking about when the brethren first started setting up their own schools and it started out in sydney australia again this was his father john hale's idea so they they kind of set up a pilot school in Sydney, Australia, um, just had, as I said, two staff, two staff is the very beginning of the project. Um, and so, he, he, you know, he's just, and, and now, of course, all that they've got, they've got 9,000 students now and 200 schools. Um, every Brethren's child of school age is in a Brethren school. So he's just kind of going back to the origin and setting the scene of why they need an endowment fund or what the idea of the endowment fund is there's nothing very radical there um the the kind of really interesting bit is is what happens next this is just the intro it's kind of interesting that this guy who's coming out to ask for a cool half billion couldn't even be bothered to get off his butt he couldn't even be bothered to put his face in front of a camera this is just an audio clip yeah that's yeah, and he also could be bothered be, to do. Yeah, he also he also never manages at least as, uh, from what I recall. I listened to it twice, um, yeah. and then mostly I was putting the assets together for the show, so I was just paying attention to trying to do that kind of stuff. But he never once goes, and you know I'm worth a half a billion dollars. I, I'll reach yeah, out yeah. my pocket <laughs> and, and and take out what's two hundred and fifty million or whatever because yeah. he does yeah, lead. He does he's, talk he's about not that. chipping in. He's not chipping in. It's not mm. hello everybody. I hope you're having a good evening or Merry Christmas. It's just well, I said to Neville all those years ago, you know, blah blah blah, boring old fart sitting on his backside. You can almost hear the ice chinking in his whiskey glass. In fact, I think you can on one of the later clips. Yeah, um, yeah, great. A lot of effort he put into it. I mean, it's only yeah. half a billion. I mean, he could have he could have flown over the you know got in his private jet headed into Canada you know, put on a Superman suit a la Donald Trump and got up on stage and done a performance. Um, but no, he's, he's going to sit in his armchair and, and waffle into a microphone held by one of, a, one of his slaves, no doubt, in front of his ugly face. So, you know, zero marks for effort, Bruce. 
Cheryl, did, is, did you notice, um, and maybe maybe I'm misremembering this, but did you notice the, uh, I, I, I noticed that whenever Bruce spoke, whenever microphone he was using had that like cathedral echo effect yeah. on, and then everyone else is just <laughs> kind of like, um, you know, like they're, they're just normal. Yes. Is that, is that something that he does intentionally or am I just noticing that? Oh, he probably did it intentionally. That's the size of his man cave in his Sydney mansion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right? I mean, it is. It is a cathedral size. You know, it's got 16-foot ceilings. And, and um, you know, you have, to re you have to remember, just weeks prior to this, they had a Strive 23 meeting where they were putting out this plan for 2023 on how to make $90 million more dollars for yeah, the yeah. school again. So this is back to back. This is why I'm so frustrated and ready to bring this shit down. Yeah. It's because Strive 23 just happened a couple of weeks ago for 90 million. Yeah. And now he's setting up this for half a billion. Yeah. I just, I don't get how, how they're still listening to this shit and playing into it. Well, because so nepotism out. seems to play a role in the leadership uh changes that happen at the top of the brethren right like yeah. the, there <laughs> yeah. were two taylors right there were two simmingtons i believe wasn't there yeah um, uh, no there's only one of those only yeah. one of those okay um but now this is the second chapter of uh, the hales dynasty and yeah. uh, all all for for all the uh, gamblers out there it's probably a smart bet to think that gareth or someone uh one of bruce's sons is going to take over when bruce um um uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, ascends into heaven yeah. bodily, bodily form. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so that's that's probably a good bet. Okay, so we're going to listen to the second clip now. Second clip's a little bit longer. Um, we're going to play it in full. Yeah, the second clip back. isn't the second clip isn't Bruce. This is just the 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 belly of the presentation, and then Bruce puts a tail end on it. A tail end. That's spin. right. Yeah. But part of the exclusive that we're showing is that this information was only supposed to be seen by brethren. This wasn't supposed to come to our hands. No, yeah. it's unfortunate for Bruce that it did. I'm really sorry about that, Bruce. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we're, we're also going to spotlight pretty much everything. Um, uh, I'm, just watching day, the, so. I'm just watching the sniper approaching the window behind you, James. Just <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So just hit, that, hit that button quick. You know, even if you get shot, it'll still play. So yeah, that, they're probably drunk. They they can't yeah. hit me. You know. Um, okay, so we're here's the second clip. And again, um, you know, listen intently, uh, and we'll come back and we'll we'll unpack it. Um, it. You know, like I said, it's not really compelling audio, but um, it's compelling that we're playing it at all. So uh, I'm going to play the second clip now, and I'll put the transcript up on the screen. That said, of course, there'll always be a need for happy. And cheerful givers. Yeah. So everybody can contribute, can't they? Uh, whether it's an individual volunteering at the local school, uh, uh, volunteering at the local shop or for RRT, uh, whether it's a household or a business, um, taking advantage of UBT's products and services, getting the benefit of those, um, or whether it's um, participating in the current funding appeal, uh, whether you're young or whether you're old, you might be young, just out of school, developing your first budget, and starting to give from your first pay packet. You might be getting on a bit, might be planning to leave a bequest sometime in the distant future, but everybody can contribute because each and every dollar counts. Of course, as we were reminded at V17, the concept of an endowment fund was set on many years ago. As the saying goes, the best time to have planted that tree was that nearly 30 years ago, but the second best time is today. 
And so the sooner those funds can be contributed, the sooner the funds can be built up, the sooner they can be put to work, and the sooner that vision can be realised. Vision Foundation is a community endowment fund on this Jeremy Joyce talks about how it's tracking and why it's so important for building the future. I'm going to just pause it there for a second um, because I, I, I find it... Um, alarming that a cute little child right <laughs> is being yeah. used to execute the grift yeah and again I mean, just that's the, child abuse well, yeah. yeah well i mean it, it's anytime you know what i'm one of the, i i was not a greta thornburg fan not because i didn't like the little girl but because i hated it when um little people are put in the line of fire you know yeah. like mm -hmm. uh, like especially for a political cause i because I, you know there's an infallibility um, you know, uh, the right does it when they get children to hold signs of aborted yep. fetuses on the side of the road. Yeah. Yeah. To me, it doesn't matter what the issue is. You're putting a child in the line of fire. Uh, it's politics. No place for children. But um, but they're they're executing the grift. And for those who still are trying to figure out what the grift is, the grift is Bruce Hales is trying to appeal through this um, PowerPoint quality presentation of his to his 50,000 followers worldwide. Uh, to give him even more money, <laughs> to just keep sending more money for an apparent endow uh, an apparent endowment fund, um, which equals roughly, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, Richard, the half billion dollars that they're trying to solicit from their followers is roughly the same amount of money that the UBT made in profits last year or something like that? Is, is that basically how it is? Oh, they've got the money. They've already got half a million sitting there. They don't know what to do with it. No, I just said a sum here, and I'm not good at mathematics, but they've got 55,000 followers. That's including, of course, 10,000 children. Um, if he's going to get his half a, if he's going to get his half a billion out of them, he will need to get $9,090 from every single man, woman, and child in that cult. I think he'll probably get it. it. Yeah. Oh, he'll get it. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's listen to the rest of the thing. Um, here we go. We have the responsibility of taking community funds and investing that in the best possible opportunities to generate the greatest returns with the lowest risk. So we use the funds in the Vision Foundation and we deploy them into great businesses with great management teams that have really good opportunity for growth. Some that many would know would be Legend Rubber Products in Canada. And these are businesses that we've partnered with to drive ongoing growth that will drive a return in dividends and grow the capital value or the asset value of that business. So far we've deployed 42 million across nine businesses and we are actively looking at a range of others and we go through a rigorous process of due diligence. We have developed this wonderful team within the Vision Foundation who are looking at a whole range of opportunities. We have a very strict filter, a great criteria that we need the businesses to meet. And when it meets that criteria, we know that we can invest and that will drive returns for years to come in a secure asset that will eventually come back to the ecosystem. The performance of the Vision Foundation is really, really important. So the way we track this, we measure ourselves to how some of our peers, take the Harvard University, for instance, their endowment fund, how is that performing? What's their strategy? And we understand what they're trying to do to get the returns they get. Generally, the returns of some of those larger endowment funds range between six to 10%. We can see a path to do quite a bit better than that because of the great businesses we're investing in, 
to have a great management team and the opportunities to invest in a diverse range of other asset classes. The Vision Foundation is absolutely essential to funding the future generations. And if we could build a fund of scale where we had critical mass, let's take a number of $500 million. If we could do that and we could generate annual returns of let's say set ourselves a target of 20%, that would provide $100 million a year to the ecosystem. Based on the modelling you've just seen on reaching financial sustainability, we've taken this information, sought to turn it into a tangible series of targets for each region. Okay. Each band in this model correlates. Okay. Um, I'm just going to skip that last little part. So, so there again, he, he lays out, Richard, you, you're the one that pointed out to me that um, the idea of a $500 million endowment fund um, by soliciting loans from um, the flock that you're already abusing and brainwashing, getting a 20% return. <laughs> and it's not loans, it's gifts. It's not, they're not loaning it to the fund. They're just giving it. Yeah. And, and, uh, and it, it, it's complete fantasy. I mean, the United States talking about comparing it with our peers, like Harvard University. Really? Really? <laughs> so, yeah, they're right up at the top with Harvard. Not. Um, but the, the, the basic mass, the basic economics of it is this, that the bank, the current interest rate at the bank is about 4%. So these brethren businesses who've got massive collateral, they've got all these huge premises and value of the business, they can go and borrow money at 4%. They can borrow, you know, a, a, a bunch of brethren businesses could get together and, and borrow half a billion at 4%. And if they could invest that at 20%, then of course they can pay the 4% interest to the bank and um, give the 16% profit, um, you know, to the UBT, to the ecosystem, as they call it. So if they can get a 20% return, as they claim, that they don't need to take any money off the flock, off the general brethren. They can just get a bank loan because they're getting wildly in excess of the, of the interest base rate. I love how they um, say that Harvard is their peer. Exactly, I know, I know. Yeah, you I'm see how it's flattered. Yeah. Like, do you see how they said like, and of course they're not doing what Richard said, because that's not the point. The point that Bruce Hales is trying to do is instill how faithful his followers are to him, right? Oh. Like everything he does is done with a purpose of showing and proving of how faithful his followers are. And how like someone said here. Yeah. how far they will go exactly so if anybody doesn't think that the kool-aid could come the kool-aid can come oh yeah and so i was just reading one of the comments someone said that sounds like jesus eh? like really that's what you sit back and does this really sound like a mainstream christian church it I sounds think. like it sounds like we all just uh okay welcome to orientation um you know uh, this is part of the interview process and you're the last six candidates who might come on board to whatever ridiculous yeah. company that you're applying for like it, it sounds like a training seminar and what know? church which church refers to their congregation as an ecosystem <laughs> i have never in my life heard of a church organization refer to the congregation as an ecosystem and if mm -hmm. there's some out there please email me and let me know mm -hmm. because then i'll know that this is not as crazy as it sounds church of david suzuki maybe mm -hmm. i don't know you know yeah, the joke the joke there is that everyone who who went to school knows that at the top of an ecosystem there's some large right? predators yeah. yeah 
yeah, which is exactly true. what it is. Uh, and and always in an ecosystem, the that the predator there's a very small number of predators because it takes a very large number of prey species to support one predator. So you know you get fifty five thousand mackerel and one large shark, and yeah. and that's exactly what it is. There's this little click right at the top of the brethren who are the feeding class. They're the pride of lions, and the rest they're just a bunch of gazelles, and they just they're just feeding off them. And you know um, that as they go through and they start trying to figure out, you know, oh, there's got this rigorous, you know, strict profile of vetting everybody. You guarantee that it's a hierarchy again, right? That those at the yeah, bottom yeah. of the ecosystem sit there. Like we literally have reports of people having to go to a food bank to get food while Bruce Hale sit on a pot of gold the way that he has. He's out mm. buying these however, $7.59 million mansions, while some yeah. people of his congregation are going to the freaking food bank. Like, mm. I just, this this week I've been so riled up in the sense of the absolute ludicrous hypocrisy that we are sitting here and digesting out here. I just, it's it's just ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. I'm starting to not have words for what keeps on coming our way. Mm. Well, I, I have a lot. Of, I have words. Um, pig, trough, uh, you know, cult leader. Um, and, right. and here's the thing. Whenever I look at um, the Plymouth Brethren, I look at it through a lens of both of your stories, first and foremost. Because it, it should never be lost uh, to anyone that Bruce Hales cares more about trying to take money from the people whose faith he has helped to weaponize. Um, he, that is a higher priority to him than solving any of the abuse, uh, the, the, the child abuse that's happening uh, at several localities inside this cult. Mm. And, and you know what you're dealing with when, when you know what kind of animal that you're dealing with. And it is predatorial. Yep. When, when, when someone prioritizes their own personal wealth above the welfare of children in the very flock that he claims to be protecting and nurturing. Mm. So it's like, it it has so many different layers of filth and deceit and, and, you know, uh, I would say borderline, well, I have to be careful. I I feel like they're, they're a litigious organization. He's a a crook. He's a crook. I'll say it to you. They can see me and leave you alone this time. Yeah. I concur. But no one knows what I'm concurring with because I'm not specifying. So, but but you know they they are litigious. I, if this doesn't get them to send me some sort of notice, then Jesus Christ, I I, I don't know where I'm going to go from here. But um, but but it will be. They're not going to touch it. They won't. They won't touch us. I mean, my stuff is in the middle of an investigation. There's if they were to serve something, they're opening themselves up to a complete investigation of absolutely everything that they are doing. I mean, I'm going to call it yeah. illegal because. It, it's illegal in the sense that what they profess to be, they are doing the complete opposite. Yeah, I, I would it's love to see. I would love to see Bruce Hales in court, being cross-examined. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And the first question being, um, we we know that uh, this is a public hearing, and uh, and we know that there are mechanisms out there that will make sure that each locality gets a transcript of your testimony. Can you tell us now um, in, in front of the court and under oath if you communicate with Jesus? Right? Because these are the kinds of things that I think people need. Like, 
You know, mm-hmm. when, maybe you guys can tell me, educate me here, because if you're brought up in this cult and you feel like Bruce has a um, uh, an aura of a deity of sorts, and and how powerful would it be, if at all, um, if Bruce Hales was under oath and he was like, well, I do talk to Jesus, or because then because the, then it would just be the whole court would be laughing, or if he said, no, I don't. Would, would that like make the house of cards fall or would there no, be enough like agents it. out there that would convince uh, no. the flock that like oh he bruce had to say that for the court eh? yeah mm-hmm. exactly there's always an excuse for everything they're behind mm-hmm. him 100 right you could hook a lie detector up to him and it'd be going off as lies non-stop and they would still have some sort of you know reasoning for it i mean you look mm-hmm. at the whole um mormon fiasco in what's his face that went to jail i mean they still carried on their sermons for how long still from yeah, the jews still in, be, still in jail and they all still thought he was the best thing the yeah. oh they would yeah. be ringing miss like this is how this is how brainwashed he's got his flock is like when he first came into power and my mom started giving me some conversations and trying to convince me to go back with everything that bruce hales was was changing in there like he he knew what he was doing. He hoodwinked them so intensely with all of these um, relaxations of rules that he gave them. But as he was doing that, he literally built this empire of a business over top of it that is now just going to soak them for every penny that they have, including oh. where all of their like they're literally asking for bequests now. Like when you die, yeah. Oh, yeah. they're asking for these forms to be filled out now so that your money doesn't go to your family it goes back to the church he's got yeah. them he has them on every door possible hi i'm steve yurko and i'm tara sands now available from maji media is our new podcast four kids flashback four kids is the company who brought you the english dub of pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at 4Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. That's similar to the Walmart um, life insurance scam that was happening in the United <laughs> States. Do you remember this? No. So people at Walmart, um, the spouses or the kin of people that worked at Walmart and those Walmart workers passed away, their family members would find out that Walmart had taken a life insurance policy out on them without them knowing. <laughs> and then the money would just go to Walmart. Like how fucking ridiculous is that? You know what? I'd be okay with that in a business sense. This is a this is a mainstream Christian church, supposedly. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Like that's the issue that I have with all of this yeah. and the issue that everybody in there should have and the issue that every ex-member should be sitting there thinking, you know, okay, is it worth it to sit back and just let this go? So many people are like, yeah, I don't want to deal with this anymore. Like this is, but that's your family in there. 
Like if that was me in there and I was hoodwinked, I would want to make, I would want to know that if I had family out here, that they were fighting for me and that they were trying to do as much as they could to break me free of what I was believing in there. That's what doesn't stop me is that every single one of us ex-members should be sitting here listening to this right now, thinking of like, you know what, how can I part, how can I get involved in this? What can I do to make sure that this gets exposed? Because it needs to get exposed and taken down. Yeah. Well, let's try that. Um, let's listen to Bruce Hales himself. Again, this is a worldwide exclusive. No one has ever really heard Bruce Hales voice uh, outside of the members of the church. Um, you can bet that Bruce Hales does not want me to play the following clip, which is going to make it all more rewarding when I press play right now. And collecting your generous donations. We will now have the favor of listening to some distinctive recordings that will complete our presentation for tonight. We sincerely appreciate your continued generosity, your taking the time to listen to the presentation, and, and thank you for your continued support of GFT. Thank you, and, and have a good night. So th that wasn't Bruce Hales. You're about to hear well, this is Bruce Hales uh, about to speak right now. We've been wanting to revive this uh, concept of the endowment fund for quite some years. Finally, we decided that we'd waited long enough um, because looking ahead, we know what the global economic cycle is. We know something about it. We know the uncertainties there are. We know the tremendous uncertainties there are in the leading governments in the world, USA and uh, UK, um, Germany, France. Really, you wouldn't know what's going to happen, quite frankly, except we live in faith. And ahead of faith is righteousness. <clears throat> so my little story is that that was the rattling was the of the whiskey. Hold on, hold on. Let's 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 listen to that again. Um, if you listen closely, you can actually hear Bruce Hale's um, what we presume is whiskey, um, and and the ice cubes rattling in his whiskey glass. Let's just uh, you listen. can actually smell it. You can actually smell it. <laughs> <clears throat> so my little story. No, back a bit. Is ahead of faith we just can't sit on our hands saying uh, a boat will come in in faith a boat full of uh, banknotes and gold coins all that sort of stuff will definitely come in and uh, it'll land in boston or new york or San Fran or Portsmouth or one of the other the other what, what, what does that mean like is he is he saying that um, a, 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 you know we can't just rely on a boat full of money coming in is that what he's saying no what is what his point is that um Christians would tend to say things like oh we'll just pray about it and have yeah. faith that the money will turn up and he's saying, no, we actually have to take action. So you're actually going to have to pull yeah. out your checkbook and write me a check. because for, for a second, I thought he was talking about That's his own life. Saying. I thought he was talking about his own life. You know, money just comes <laughs> to me, guys. You know, like it just floats in the yeah. air and just lands in my pocket. Oh, well, yeah, that's for him. Yeah, no, this is, yeah. And by the way, boat comes in every day. Well, well can I, Cheryl, just quickly, um, someone actually um, told me recently, I, 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 don't, I can't remember if it was uh, Damien Hasty or somebody else, but someone told me that the envelopes of cash thing is no more. 
Um, and that uh, it's wire transfer now and, and they don't bother with, uh, with the sending of the cash anymore. Can you guys confirm that? Or is that just someone speaking out of turn or do you guys know the answer to that? I don't know. Well, I mean, now they've got a universal, they've got a global network of interlinked businesses and charities. So I suspect it's easier for them to launder money uh, through those rather than the literal envelopes of cash. Um, okay. I suspect they do. I mean, certainly until relatively recently, they were using the envelopes of cash. Uh, and the procedure was um, when a when a and they charter they charter flights from say the UK to Australia. They'd fill up a big, you know, a, a big wide body airliner, and everyone would have everyone would have well, no, someone. Sorry. Someone, uh, someone on the plane would be carrying this vast quantity of cash, and then before the plane lands it's divvied out to you know um all, all the all the you know split up between everyone so that no one was carrying over the kind of legal amount you're allowed into the country so when they go through customs everyone's got below the ten thousand dollar limit and then when they get they've got through customs and they're officially in australia they all give it back to the original guy and he, he puts it back in his backpack and off they go so it works imagine working customs and you're like yeah. Oh, you have ninety nine hundred dollars too. Wow, that's the thirtieth yeah. person on this. <laughs> identical, <laughs> identical white envelopes, indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I just confirmed. I just yeah. plus just you all shop at the same fucking stores to get your clothes. This is yeah. this is crazy. Yeah. You know? Um, I just got it confirmed. It's wireless. Yeah. Um, yeah. So here's. I just want a really quick comment before yeah, we please. go ahead. Yeah. So you know how he's talking about you know uh, that you know the boat's not just going to come in. We've got to do this work. We've got to make it happen. Here's what they're telling everybody about my situation is that you know oh God will take care of it. This will just the Lord will take care of it. This will all be all be coming out and it'll 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 you know take care of itself. We just got to give it to God. And I'm sitting there now. You hear this and I'm like, what a bunch of fucking hip, hip, hypocrites. That they're going to sit there and they're going to apply this to their finances, but they're not yeah. going to apply that same ideology to sexual abuse with children. Yeah, yeah. God deals with that. Be. They'll deal with the money. Yeah. Yeah. Let's make the money come in, but we're not going to make these children safe. So we'll just mm. let the Lord take care of that. You know what it kind of reminds me of a little bit? Um, and I'm sorry if anybody uh, at, at home that's listening, uh, you, you know, took this seriously, but you really shouldn't have. You guys remember the secret? You remember that shit? Yeah, Oprah yeah, yeah, was yeah. promoting it, yeah. and like basically every huckster that exists yeah. was basically on that promoting it. And so it was, it was talking, it, 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 it did something that I thought was like really egregious, which was that um, for those of us that don't believe in God, there um, we like to think about things like synchronicity and things like that, and just try to figure out if there is a non-omnipotent being way of explaining why crazy things happen in life. And so one of these things is like the law of attraction, like you give what you get. And the secret is like hard, it's like anchored in the idea of the law of attraction. But then like, like partway through the video that, uh, that came out called the secret, it pivots hard. It's a hard pivot to spiritualizing greed. So it's basically telling you that if you imagine yourself and believe that you will become successful in something, that it will find a way to get to you. And it was really manipulative and it was just meant to part, get people to part with their money. And this kind of reminds me of that. And, but the only thing is, is that, you know, the, the, where this differentiates is that they're not really 
talking about them getting anything in return. They want, um, he wants the flock to really share his excitement about something getting built that won't benefit any of them. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Whatsoever. Yeah. And so it, it makes it even like you, you need a cult uh, in order to, to buy this shit. Okay. Let's listen to the rest of this. And then I uh, will come back on the flip side and let's see this one. I think it was. Bork or San Fran or oh, no. Portsmouth or one of the other, the other famous ports in the world. So that I think we've got to <clears throat> look ahead. Because the giver speaks about a cheerful giver, doesn't it? Cheerful giver. I was thinking about Zacchaeus, we read him a lot. I was thinking about this morning, he said to the Lord, um, Paul Lord, says, half of my goods I give to the poor. He didn't lend to the poor, he didn't lend his goods to the poor. He gave to the poor, half. I think that's a principle we should follow as we're able for it, as we're equal to it. Half. As I said, you still got half left. So if you've got a million bucks, you give half away, you still got half a million. And next year, if you make half a million, you give a quarter away after all your expenses and everything, you still got a quarter left. That's not too bad. That's not too bad. For goodness sake, how many years have we got to, left to live in, in any case? Sounds a bit radical when I'm talking about it. Let's talk about a thousand dollars. I've got a thousand dollars spare, give five hundred away, I've still got five hundred left. That's not too bad, is it, Eric? 500? That's easy. Instead of buying $100 pants, buy $50 pants. <laughs> Instead of buying $250 worth of sunglasses, I get them for 10 bucks. <laughs> you pick the $500 up. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait, wait. Was that canned laughter? No, no, that's, 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 that's genuine, yeah. Are you yeah. sure? Because oh, it yeah. sounded identical. No, Do they no. also laugh in oh, patterns? Because, yeah, hold on. Yeah, no, no, that's, just, that's let, me, let, me, let me just go back. It's easy. Instead of buying $100 pants, buy $50 pants. <laughs> Instead of buying $250 worth of sunglasses, I get them for 10 bucks. <laughs> you pick the $500 up within about a month. Moses. Don't even buy anything new at all. Just huh. spit polish and clean up the old ones. <laughs> The way of getting ahead, I'm promising you. If you practice it, you won't believe how uh, you get it. This is a billionaire trying right? to <laughs> give him money to, to to make the the required sacrifice, so he can get even more money. Like, but the the thing is, it's the half of my goods I give to the poor, P O O R, the poor, yeah. and yet he's the fantastically wealthy billionaire and the people he's talking to are struggling financially uh, and the brethren you know they're so um, brainwashed that it never occurs to them that actually he should be talking about the poor giving to the rich if that's what he wants to happen I you mean, know, the irony of it is huge I, I've um, in a very strange time in my life in 2009 I was in uh, Miami <clears throat> and this uh, this wealthy yoga, I swear I'm going somewhere with this, but this wealthy yoga instructor um, gave me and my business partner like $60,000 to house us and a bunch of DJs in a place called The Standard in South Beach. The Standard is like this 
spa boutique, like five star, $3,000 a night or $2,000, whatever it was, um, place where we lived happily for six weeks. But I was on the patio once charging a ridiculously expensive meal to Yola, the yoga instructor, um, who made me sleep with her, but that's a whole other different story. But um, <laughs> the, uh, 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 but anyways, I, uh, I overheard a conversation on this patio that, that stuck with me. It reminds me of Bruce Hales. They were, they were sitting there opening up their second bottle of champagne. And the entire conversation was how um, the financial crisis really made it uh, clear that they had to tighten their belts. And then they paid the, their like $2,000 bill because they opened up their second yeah. bottle of Cristal. That's what it reminds me of. Like, yeah. it's not even tone deafness. It's a straight up grift. It's yeah, it's yeah. a charlatan's move. They're hucksters mm -hmm. and con artists. These people. Yeah. And you do you see how he subtly puts in certain things there? He plays on the economy, so he gets into their fears a bit, right? So we all, I mean, it's the perfect way that he kind of puts this little butter on the bread, and you know, gets in about how the economy is right now. It's just like this subtle play that he gets in there. Is like, oh well, I'm going to play on this, and then he brings in this whole idea of a cheerful giver. Again, another play on. Like, you know, underneath his reign to be called a cheerful giver. Well, let's, they'll just hand over the money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like he has these subtleties. So he might not be Jim Jones, but he sure has a lot of subtleties when he talks that just gets into you. He knows his audience. Very yeah. much. He knows his audience. Yeah. But imagine if he said it with a, with like a, an Italian accent, you know, <laughs> you know, um, here we go uh, so, with the Tony Soprano reference. Yeah. So if you got a half a million bucks, you give half away. You still got half a million. And the next year, you make like half a million. You get a quarter away. And that's expensive. You still got a quarter left. It's not too bad. Well, the joke <laughs> like, is just, that if he, if he took his own scriptural advice and gave away half his, you know, two billion fortune, he'd have his endowment fund right there. Yeah. I mean, but, they just... Yeah. yeah. They just bought both those mansions. Like, I just yeah. don't get how... The people in there can sit in there when this Strive 23 came out. That was 90 million that they were planning on making. Here's this mm -hmm. is a, the potential of half a billion. And they just went and bought two. One's a weekender mansion for yeah, 9 million. Yeah. And Gar uh, was Gareth or Dean had a 7.5 million mansion. Well, my no, my parents are probably sitting in a, they're still same old house. All these people who don't, they don't have mansions. Why, why should like, the hypocrisy is just ridiculous that it's like right there in black and white. Why the other thing is, these... yeah. yeah, go ahead. So the, the other thing to note in this presentation, and it may be in a section you didn't, you didn't play James is there's multiple references to getting the ecosystem to a point where it's sustainable, um, multiple oh, yeah. references all the way through. And of course, the implication of that is that it's not currently sustainable. In other words, if we don't do anything, you know, we're in debt, we're going to run out of money, it's all going to come down. And it's going to, and even, even into the detail of, well, here's a graph that shows if you give this much, if each of the businesses gives this much of their profits, then the ecosystem will become sustainable in this year. Now, that is a very, very... Uh, blatant and egregious lie because the fact is the brethren system as a whole is running huge profits let me give you an example they said in the the second clip you played 
that they had already deployed $42 million into a range of businesses. So they had $42 million to play with that they didn't need to use to fund the school. So they're just dishing this out around brethren businesses. We know from Damien Hastie's research and from the public records online that in the UK, um, the Grace Trust, which is the kind of main, their main funding organ for Europe and, and the United Kingdom, at the end of last year, they had a surplus sitting there of, I think it was 32 million pounds, about $50 million just sitting there that they didn't need after they'd paid for the school. Wow. So, okay, so there you've got 100 million sloshing around in their pockets that they don't need, and they're claiming the thing isn't sustainable. Well, the fact is it's been making a, a fat profit for years. But, of course, they have to create this illusion of a crisis of unsustainability yeah. to kind of say, well, we must absolutely got to have just a whole load more money. And, and hidden in that implicit in the whole endowment fund idea is the idea that, well, if we have this endowment fund, then that's going to put a whole load of money every year, you know, to pay for all the schooling and education. And then we won't have to come back for you for more money. So it's like the donkey and the carrot. Just give this one more time and then you won't, we won't have to come back for you with any more money. Now, the funny thing about that is back in 2015, Bruce Hales gets up at a, at a, at a Brethren business seminar and he, he makes the following pronouncement. He says, we have four more years to make money, 2016, 2017, 2018 and 2019, just four more years to make money. And then we're going to sell our businesses and then we can just live on the capital till the rapture till we all go up. Okay, now it's 2022 and everyone's forgotten about the four more years to make money because again, it was the carrot of the donkey. Just work for four more years, then we can all sit back and you know, we're all going to heaven, it's all good. So now yes. roll out the same trick again. One mm. more massive donation, just one more, just half a billion and then we won't have to ask you for any more money. They'll be back next year. For, for more, for more. Can, can I ask you to, um, Cheryl, we'll start with you. What would happen, and I, and I know this is speculation, but since both of you were, were inside, I, I just, I'm just curious if you could give me your opinion on what would happen if a member were to say something like, is Bruce or Gareth going to be giving any money to the endowment? You'd be out. <laughs> You'd be, be out? out? Oh, oh, you just oh. don't question. We have, yeah, you. Because it would show that you're questioning Bruce Hales. We have, we did a podcast on Get a Life um, that was this week, wasn't it, Richard? Yeah. 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 So we sat down with an ex member who literally went through exactly why he's sitting out now. It's because he asked questions like that. Yeah, just like that. Just exactly just like, like that. that. Yeah, literally I, called him out in church. He called them out. I'd be like the first six-year-old to be ejected from the Plymouth Brethren. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? Those are the questions. Yeah. I truly believe that if there's and I mean, I get it. I know there's a lot of people inside there that are questioning Bruce. 100%. There's lots of them. I, I, but not, in my out email, not out not loud. Not out loud. Not out loud. In their so heads. I'm, yeah. In their heads. And I've been telling them in my emails lately that, you know what? They all need to just get together and start some sort of a club <laughs> it's like let's challenge bruce hale's club and yeah. find a way to stand up to him because the thing is is we 
as I, I had a conversation with somebody the other day and she said, she looks at me and she says, the system's not broken, Cheryl. There's nothing broken with that system. That system is doing exactly what it is, was designated yeah. to do. It's to yeah. keep people trapped. And, and to make a lot of money. In and the to process. make a lot of yeah. money. Yeah. Exactly. It's a farm. It's, 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 a, it's a livestock farm. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. all it is. They're just sheep. They're just cattle. And there's these big fat predators that just cull them and milk them and take advantage of them. When they're no use, they, they kill them off. Yeah, it's well, it's, it, I mean, it's not even a Ponzi scheme because there's no, like, I mean, it might be a Ponzi scheme as, as far as the government is concerned when it comes to tax time. But like, you know, it, it, it's just, it's just a straight up grift. And this is yeah. the, like that reoccurring theme with the brethren about weaponizing faith mm. and then monetizing the brainwashing, you know, yeah. and that's kind of like, that's what separates it from Jim Jones and David Koresh and what makes it more like um, um, the Scientology. Uh, uh, I forget that guy's name. Um, Matt, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Miss, Miss Mas Carriage David or something. Yeah, Miss Carriage. <laughs> <laughs> David Mascroft or something like that. Anyways, whatever his yeah. name is, um, you know, it makes it it makes it more like that. The the you know, the, the how money buys you um, a higher level in the caste system that was designed within the organization itself yeah you know and and i guess um and and people who ask questions or people that don't give money are are relegated to the to the bottom feeder level um oh. you know and and people that actually give money are are i guess elevated to to a point where they're permitted to give even more money <laughs> which is just yeah yeah i just i just get sad thinking of my my especially my my mom like i used to when i would talk to her when she was busy getting ready for their bake sales and she has really bad arthritis and it's just I those are the things that I think about when anybody questions me on what I'm doing and I'm like I'm doing that for her she's going to see me as the absolute devil right now but I don't care about that what I care about is making sure that I can take the cult out of that church and bring this down because again it's not it's not a broken system he's got everybody trapped in there because that's exactly what he wants but i am going to try now take take it down so that it can maybe have a chance to become a mainstream christian church and my parents can feel see what it's like to be inside a real church and my siblings can see what it feels like to be inside a real church but i guess i just sit here tonight and I'm like, I am pleading with the ex-members right now. Like literally pleading. You got to shit or get off the pot. We have got to take this serious. We have got to step up our game. And we have to do this for our family that is in there. I I, I think that was very well said. Also, just to circle back a little bit you know, of miscarriages. Uh, Richard, who is this? Oh, this is, this is Gareth. <laughs> <laughs> this is Gareth Hales. And, and, and the reason I asked you to, to put him up here is that Bruce is, in fact, fairly elderly, and he's uh, in the advanced stages of, of alcoholic addiction. And I, I strongly suspect that he, they basically, they've locked him in the basement with a plentiful supply of his favorite tipple. And the whole thing is actually run by Gareth. I mean, this is exactly what Bruce did to his father for the last yep. five years of his father's life. So I'm, I'm pretty certain you'll find that, that the, whole, the next generation is actually running the show. And the oldest is this charming fellow called Gareth. Now, the interesting thing about Gareth is that um, among many, many other um, crimes, he 
his his company Unispace um, got I think it was a six hundred million COVID PPE contract with the UK government or the UK National Health Service, and only supplied about four hundred and fifty million worth of goods. So he owes them. He owes the UK yeah. government a staggering sum of money. Um, and my comment is to the brethren that this is the person that you're entrusting with your half billion um, endowment fund. I mean, look at him. Would you would you buy a used car from this person? <laughs> would you trust I this like man? With your, I feel like I would buy like cocaine from him. That, that's that's right. Like, you probably yeah, get cocaine. Yeah, yeah. It'd, it'd probably be talcum powder, knowing him. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. That's interesting. Um, you know, you would know better than I would, but I kind of feel like um, that Bruce still seems to be firmly in charge. And I feel like his sons are obedient because they know who, um, you know, they know why they're there and they know what their role is. And I think nepotism is just going to like passing the torch to someone in your own family. Um, it seems too cute. Like it's, you know, like it, it, why wouldn't it last forever? This is what I don't really understand about the Plymouth Brethren is, is, is how, and, and I think uh, when we had Mr. Fox on, he didn't really understand either how leadership was selected or how leadership changed hands. Mm. Because, you know, if, if Hales, uh, if, if Bruce Hales, uh, you know, is speaking on behalf of Jesus, and then he hands it to his son, presumably his son, um, through the power of awesome genetics, also received the God gene where he can speak directly to Jesus. Wouldn't that just keep going? You know, are we eventually, do you well, think? No, but, see... but, but he is, he is yeah. Jesus. So of course the genetics are much simpler. I mean, you know, yeah. he's just the son of God, the son of the son of God, you know, or the son of the yeah. son of the son of God. I mean, it, it's a, it's hereditary spirituality. Um, and I mean, those, those, his, his sons will do anything for that kind of cash. They know what's coming to them. Mm. Right. I mean, they, they know exactly what's coming to them and they'll be, they'll do anything their father asks them. There's a very interesting prospect. And that is, if you look at hereditary dynasties, sometimes there's extremely bloody fights when there's more than one person in the next generation as who's going to have a grab. Now the, the situation is that, out of Bruce's sons, the oldest two. Gareth is the oldest, but he's a he's a he's a loose cannon, and you know has all kinds of problems. He's very very successful in business. The next one down, Dean, is also hugely successful, but he's a much more uh, you know he's a much more clever. He's a much cleverer, more intelligent guy. And I can see when Bruce finally pops his clogs, there's going to be a massive. Uh, massive warfare and it may even split the whole brethren into a gareth faction and a dean faction yeah um, it's all going to be great fun if it lasts that long it could be really interesting i don't you know, know. There'll, there'll be hard rival teams of private investigators i mean david wallace might be back in business he could work for both sides you know <laughs> he probably is right now you know <laughs> seriously <laughs> Um, okay, um, let, let's wrap it there. Listen, I, I'm going to write a piece about this uh, for DeanBlundell.com and BlackballMedia.ca. Um, I advise everyone just to share why, not because I care about the traffic. I don't make money from these articles that I post. I just want the word to get out um, to see if Brucey um, finds a way to react uh, to the fact that his voice 
um, and his rattling whiskey-soaked ice cubes are being broadcast now uh, without his uh, without his permission. Um, mm-hmm. Call it what you want. I, I mean, I I would love uh, to 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 keep receiving these types of audio messages because I agree with you, Cheryl. Full tilt. I, I think. Um, there and, and listen, it's not actually my place to say, but I do agree with you and your sentiment and your message to to people that are leaving or that have left or that are still inside or that are trying um, to 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 shed light on this organization. That it, it's time to sort of take the gloves off and and and, yeah. and stop dipping your toe into the pool and jump in. Um, it's not because, cold. It's very yeah. inviting. Yeah, they pissed in the water. It's warm. It's inviting. It's great. You know, like it's 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 one of those. Uh, but really, for real though, like it's it's not the fact that we're exclusively playing Bruce Hales' voice. You know, it's it's not really about the clicks at this point. It's about the significance of yeah. lifting the curtain, right? Like yeah. like really, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to lift the curtain so we can see the pig that lives behind it. Right. Uh, and I want uh, everybody to know James doesn't make, he's not getting paid for this. I'm not getting paid for this. Richard's I not wish getting I was, paid for but this. No, I'm not. I know that's yeah. what I said too. But what they're telling people inside there is that everything that we're saying, we're getting paid to say. And so I just, nice. right? please, send, so, please send email yeah. transfers to james.tfuri at gmail.com because I'm not getting yeah. paid nothing. I would that's totally why, accept the payment. but That's I'm why I have money. my email address up there. Well, we we yeah. could set up an endowment fund just to fund our future podcast, couldn't we? I mean, half we of could. Would, would yeah. But then we'd have to climb into the slime and be like, <laughs> don't worry. If you got $50 pants, you can just spend $25. And st- I can't do yeah. Australian it falters right up to the first syllable. I can't do it oh, we should probably we should probably just add. Uh, we I tried to find out the copyright information on this broadcast because I no doubt, oh, very very likely it's copyright. But we should attribute it anyway to Bruce D. Hales, the the man yes. himself. Thank thank you, Bruce, for for, for um, assumed permission to rebroadcast. Or it may be broad. It may be copyright by UBT or any of the other exclusive brethren plymouth brethren christian church enterprises anyway whoever it is we give you full credit for your creativity and imagination it was stunning and we're very privileged to be able to produce it we would love Uh, to speak on behalf of i speak on behalf of blackboard and the dean blundell network yes you do yes yeah and and we would love to be paid for airing it like that would be awesome if you could give us just a little tiny chunk for giving you this service of you know an hour and 10 minutes spreading the good news yeah going forth into the world and spreading the gospel it's it's a wonderful gospel message just in time for christmas (laughs) merry christmas bruce if you're watching this yes merry christmas well well said that's why i I tilted my uh usually i have my Laptop tilted that way with my awesome yeah. retro yeah. blue thing that's dying. It's it's like I, sh- I should really yeah. have got the center hat for this one. Yeah. Oh, I have one of those too somewhere. But yeah. But um, no. It, listen, guys, thank you for joining me. We're not going to let the story die. I'm going to put up something uh, tomorrow. Um, I'll I'll, I'll re uh, you know I'll start flushing out this uh, podcast and we'll do another show uh, later on this week. Um, just sort of reiterating and uh, and seeing what the blowback might be. Um, you know, I have no idea if there'll be any blowback, if they'll just ignore it, uh, or, or if there'll be, um, more people sort of climbing out of the woodwork with their own recordings or their own stories or whatever. Um, I've already received a few emails since this podcast started, so I'll sift through those, but, um, and anybody can email me inside, outside ex-members on how you want to help. Um, yeah, let's, we need to up our game. 
Yeah, it's Cheryl. For those that are just listening and not watching, it's Cheryl Hope at Proton.me. Um, so that if you want to get in touch with Cheryl. Um, and uh, and yeah, so guys, thanks for stopping by. Do you guys have anything else that you want to leave us with? Or are we good? No? Thanks, Bruce. Yeah, <laughs> big shout out to Bruce Hales for supplying yeah. all of the content that we needed to do a robust show that ended at a, uh, an hour and 11 minutes. That's, you know, 11 minutes longer than I normally go. And we owe it and all we to invite him. We invite him onto any show at any point. We would love to sit down. That's right. And yeah. Yeah. Like, see, his, I, see his lovely face. Yeah, I oh. want to have a conversation with him and let's clean this mess up. Oh, you know what I'm doing, actually? I'm going to... Um, yeah. I'm going to play the track that I did. Um, yes. Let's see. Where are we here? Okay. So I'm going to play the track that I did. So for those who don't know, I think I think it was played on uh, the Lynn's report. So I don't know if, how many people have actually heard this, um, but uh, I, I, I did a track um, just because I felt like it doing I got really high and I was like, oh, I'm going to write a truck. So I did. Richard really loves it because he's such an, yeah. she has such a deep, profound appreciation for hip hop music that he <laughs> just was like, James, this is dope. This isn't whack as fuck whatsoever. And I was like, oh my God. No, I'm just kidding. Richard hates rap music. So it hits my rage list all the time. <laughs> it's on my, it's on my playlist. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, we'll, we'll lead you out with that. And then, uh, you know what? I, I'm not going to do an intro or, or an outro. I'm just going to lead you out with the track and then, and then we're going to be off here. So Cheryl Hope, Richard Marsh, thank you very much for joining us. And uh, for everyone at home, um, if you don't like hip hop music, then, then just, just oh, it's so it good. You did such a good okay. job on it. I can't wait to do the video. Thank you, Cheryl. Yeah. I, I, I want to do a video. If there's anyone listening out there, DaCosta, I'm looking at you. Um, but if anyone's listening out there that that does like, that knows a simple way to do lyric videos or something like that, can you get in contact with me? Because um, I don't do that shit. And, uh, and I, we, we want this. My, my vision is, and Cheryl, Richard, maybe before we go, you can tell me how realistic this is. But um, because the chorus is, throw your locality up in the air and set it on fire like you just don't care. I was kind of hoping that it would become the anthem for members who were thinking of leaving. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah that, they, could, they could put it in their hymn book, couldn't they? Yeah, they could. Yeah, we could oh my give God, it a number. Yeah. yeah. That's like when Bart Simpson put, um, um, to the modern of Jesus, honey. I can't remember what it was called, but uh, he, he put a Satan song in the, in the church hymn choir and he almost killed the organist who was like 80. Oh. Anyways, um, okay, so I'm going to leave you with this track. Uh, thank you for joining us, Cheryl and Richard, and uh, we'll see you next time on Black Bull. Thanks, James. Thank you. Those on the track. Way back in the day, in 1848, this guy named John Darby said, out to create a secret way of life where they would not associate with other types of people if those people didn't share faith baptized in scorn families torn the Plymouth Brethren Christian churches are officially born cult life is forever and if you ever leave you're vilified ostracized minimized please on receiving ends of lies all the crooked eyes all the last goodbyes to all your family ties you can see it in their eyes it's vacant either you a Plymouth Brethren or you Satan 55,000 deep, they make millions per week 
through the UBT Then they do not keep receipts, it's a score Shit, I think I've seen the show before Fat guy, envelopes of cash, where's your pork store? Babies, indoctrinated and raped and isolated Disgrace, it's check the state of the faith It's complicated complaints, it's all on deafness You hate this, places you stayed as a kid Were never sacred, the doctrine of separation Was written by psychopaths Snatching kids from parents who decided That they want to take a pass On pedophilia, molestation, manipulation Felony fraud, Bruce Hills, you're not a god What kind of a god eats at the trough with the other pigs Sloppy piece of shit gods And the piece of shit kids Stealing food from the mouths Of the kids you abuse For a second mansion A plane and a yacht too I assume you will soon speak with Jesus too But shit, you got lust with Nosferatu at two You blew Jesus like a Ronald McDonald The business model bravado Providing bottomless fodder For bottom feeders beholden to the bottle Bloated on the side of the road It's swaddled up and it's cold It's sort of a metaphor for out of control Now rise up from the flames Crease away from the fold Yeah, throw your locality up in the air Set it on fire like you just don't care Go on then, like a Bedouin And turn around and lick a shot at the brethren Throw your locality up in the air Set it on fire like you just don't care Go on then, like a Bedouin Now turn around and lick a shot at the brethren I got Hope like Cheryl, but most of the time I just wanna bust a couple of barrels or a nine like De Niro or design war plans, attack the whole clan, make stacks from the old men who diddled and ran. Sinister plans include darkest shit in human nature. Gay and in the brethren, they chemically castrate ya. You don't contribute dollars, you're sentenced to the bottom. With weekly priestly visits that accentuates the problem and hell on earth is Maple Creek, and I know it hurts. Get off your knees and excise that cancer The pedophiles dance to apathies Now switch up the playlist, the chance to face this It's more than a facelift You're gonna need a spaceship If you are attempting to escape this See through trees like you're blunted And big ups to Richard Marshman Now the hunter is the hunted Cause when that falls and the fat man crawls Someone please let him know he's not welcome on blackballed In fact, yo, I make it my mission I will not rest until this motherfucking cult is out of commission So throw your locality up in the air Set it on fire like you just don't care Go on then, like a Bedouin Or turn around and lick a shot at the brethren Throw your locality up in the air Set it on fire like you just don't care Go on then, like a Bedouin now turn around and lick a shot at the brethren. I'd like to give a big fuck you to Bruce Hales. Hi, Brucey. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. 
follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.